0: welcome to the gear garage live, live show. show this weekly youtube show covers whitewater rafting Wahoo! river safety oh god i lost my paddle gear and anything else zach feels like rambling on about welcome to the show everybody hope you guys like the new intro i think it's pretty funny and uh, this is a show I do almost every Tuesday. Some, next week I might do it on Monday or Wednesday. We'll see, because I'm in I'm a meeting. But I try to answer questions that are submitted either ahead of time on Whitewater Guidebook or during the show. And so there's a question right now I'm just going to get to since it's it was submitted as a comment. Um, thanks for keeping the show going. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy taking the time to talk to people. And um, just this time is interesting to me. i learn learned a lot. These discussions are fun. So yeah, of course. <clears throat> opinions on having separate frames on a raft example a longhorn frame in the back and a separate frame for a cooler and drive box in the front yeah i mean i think i have, what you're asking is should i have one big frame that's a big thing or a separate longhorn with a separate cooler frame and i'd be a pretty big fan of the separate frames because i feel like if you that, if you're doing a multi-day trip you want the you want to sit on something you want to have cooler space, dry box space. You want to have all the things. But if you're doing a day trip, you just want a simple longhorn frame. And so it gives you more adjustability or more options to do both multi-day and day trips. When I teach rowing classes and somebody shows up with a massive frame, you know, it's just, it's so much work to get the frame on it and then carrying the boat down to the river and back up. Um, Cause not every put-in is just a trailer back it down. Sometimes you have to hike a boat a little ways to carry it up a hill and lower down a cliff and so keeping frames simple and light for day trips is awesome and i feel like that's how you get good experiences day trip boating. you can't you know if you just do the rogue a few times a year maybe like a permit river you get you're not going to be that great of a boater i think it takes reps doing like the, your backyard run doing the american in california doing the clackamas here in oregon doing the payette in idaho just if you're back east i don't know whatever rivers you guys do the ocoee is probably something you guys all do i've don't boat back east, so I don't know. But there's probably a run where you go, you go boat on your weekends, and you know, and then you get ready for your big multi-day. So having that that frame that can work with a single day, simple frame, that's light. You're more likely to go because you don't have to like also, you know, to get ready for a day trip and have to put the big heavy frame on and you have to sit on a cooler sometimes and all the stuff. You're probably not going to do the day trips because it's so much work to lift all that stuff and deal with it. So that's hopefully. Christian, I answered your, your your thing there. Uh, so getting back to the show, we uh, have a website, Wide Water Guidebook. And this is where I use to just store stuff. I, have, I actually have some pretty cool stuff on here that a lot of people don't know about. There's a tab under Gear Garage for interesting articles where I kind of keep... There's a lot of articles that aren't on the web, but they're PDFs. And so this is where I kind of keep track of them as I find them uh, some really cool articles about the Avon led, you know, Avon rafts, a really cool rafting course instructor manual that I like, uh, you know, some cool articles about, about, uh, mechanical vantage, heuristic drafts, uh, a lot of, uh, some discussion about AED devices and whether they're useful. And so when I find an article, it's a PDF, I'll upload it and save it here. So there's this here, there's a bunch of descriptions of rivers if you go to like Oregon. There's the most cause I'm, I live here. Uh, but a lot of other states have descriptions and under gear garage this is where you can ask or add a comment the message this is just put in here unfortunately this box sucks for a message and again i'm still working on making it better write your message in an email use complete sentences and then copy and paste into here that's probably the easiest way to go and this is how i'll answer questions there's also a forum i've created just to answer questions quickly and i'm sure this spring when people are doing you know i'm it's mainly around the illinois middle fork of wahi and the Rogue which I know a, you know, a lot about because I don't fit there. This is a place to like ask quick questions or just general questions if you want. So yeah, this show is also a podcast. And so it's not meant as a podcast, but you can see here, uh, we, we make a page for it. We put the video here. There's, you can listen to an Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, or YouTube. Uh, it's really meant the video I think is important, but it's meant as a podcast. So if you want to, Listen to the, listen to audio part while you're driving or something. That's an option. So we're here to answer questions and kind of whatever else I feel like talking about. And I have a few things I want to talk about at the end. Let's see. Is anyone here? Oh, you know what? I, I might have accidentally turned on some music. I was playing with some of the. I was playing with some of the uh, settings. Is that is it lower now, Chris? I was goofing around with like the settings while I was waiting for two o'clock. Okay, so. Uh, The first question on the live show today, this refers to last week. You mentioned that you were having an upcoming show about cold weather and rewarming. Uh, I think I mentioned that I'm going to do a podcast about what to bring in the winter. Um, It was more, yeah, which I I was going to do a gear garage show about what to, like winter kits, which I did. And there's a, there's a video, there's a pod, there's a gear garage show about my winter kit, which is actually right here. This is basically my winter kit right here and it's it's really just my regular kit with a few additions but i thought it'd be a good time to go over you know what i bring boating um as a kit so um cool i'm glad that worked chris uh, anyway i have started doing sar works sar search and rescue work here in alaska and i picked up a cool trick for rewarming hypothermic patients i think is worth sharing many of us pack a thermos full of hot tea in an empty platypus water bladder. If our rescue subject is severely hypothermic, the tea goes into the platypus to be placed against our skin for rewarming. Milder patients can drink tea, and if all goes well with no hypothermic cases, I get a nice cup of tea when I'm back in the car. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. I'm just <clears> – <throat> I think what happens this, – this makes me think about something. I feel like a lot of people who do search and rescue or firefighters – they bring their like land based rescue techniques to the river. And I think that they don't always apply the same. And and in this case, you know, I think if you're a land based rescuer, like a firefighter search and rescue, you're showing up to a scene where somebody's been there for a couple hours, they may be hypothermic. I think hypothermic, hypothermia is a real risk for search and rescue. It's just for boating, it's not something that that comes up really we talk about it um i'm more worried about cold water immersion accidents uh but like usually we get people out of the water pretty quick because we're on a boating trip with them and what's that noise right um we're on a boating trip with them and there's boats and so if somebody falls in one of the boats pulls them back in people are rarely stranded without proper equipment for a long time and if, if somebody is stranded They're generally in a dry suit or a wetsuit. And so hypothermia, if, if you look at American whitewater accidents, you just don't see hypothermia on there. It's just not like a thing we deal with. So I think for search and rescue, yeah, having a thermos full of hot water is awesome. And having techniques for hypothermia are awesome. I'd rather us focus our energy on other things that I think are more important than hypothermia. And one of them specifically is cold water immersion. You quickly falling out of your boat, you fall into your boat and there's just a quick cold shock. And so I'd rather have people have dry suits or wetsuits and paddling jackets and proper layers and cover themselves up or even like a like a temperature gun that tells them that like, there's little infrared temperature guns that tell them the temperatures of water so they know how to dress appropriately. I'd rather have, have a temperature gun and somebody goes, oh, it's, you know, it's 59 degrees. Maybe we shouldn't go today because we don't have wetsuits or dry suits. I think that's more important. Now, a thermos full of hot water and tea is – awesome like i'm not gonna say no to it it's not a it's a smart thing to bring in the winter for a lot of reasons i'm just i don't think for handling hypothermia that is what i would bring it for that's just my opinion but it's again it's not like yeah i mean it's not bad i i think is there another part of this question or oh yeah let's go back so I I think a generalization when I go winter boating a lot is people just bring too much stuff, and so we're spending way too much time to put in carrying all these bags of things down to the river, and then at the end of the day, carrying them all like untying them, carrying them back up, and sometimes because we're spending so much time to put in or we're jangling and messing around, we get a late start, which then turns into a light issue. So I'm a big fan right now. Like let's keep things. Like in one bag, simple, organized, easy to rig, easy to de rig. I'm gonna. That's a big deal to me for cold weather boating. Like, let's not spend all day out there. It gets dark at 4:45, and so if we don't get out, you know, if we're slow, we don't get out of the rivers on noon. And then there's some sort of problem on the river, and then we, you know, we could be in trouble. And I think everything adds up. So my big thing, in the way I made the video about it is like, let's keep it, and let's keep all of our stuff in one bag, just one bag to put on the boat rig. When we're done, take it off. We're not rigging eight thousand bags full of things. And for cold weather stuff, this is just my little cold weather pouch. I have some things to start a fire. Like if somebody's really cold and we're like not close to the road, some tea is certainly nice, but a fire is going to make a difference. Also, there's some like emergency blankets here to wrap them up in. You know, again, the the tea, the bladder, helpful for sure. I'm not, but this fire and a blanket are way more important. And then the headlamp um because it, you know, there's less light and a number of times i've had to boat out in the dark or hike out like we get wrap a boat or something happens with the hike out is large and so having a headlamp with you is great I have a little little butane lighter in here uh i just bought a zippo zippo lighters are really cool they're fun to mess with um maybe put a zippo light a windproof zippo lighter in there but i'm gonna really focus on the ability to to long term solve the hypothermia problem if there is one which is like emergency blankets and a fire uh which which um yeah but again and then having tea and bring the tea great it's just hard to rig a thermos in sometimes you have to make it it's a whole thing so okay let's move on to the next question hopefully i was positive enough about my response there um, again it's not bad to bring a thermos of, of hot stuff i just don't see hypothermia as like a major It's just not a major threat to boaters for a number of reasons. And yeah. Okay. I'll be interested in a series of how to and best practice based on multi-day river camping techniques. It would be great to see how river guides and experienced river users meet the four rivers lottery standards for groovers, fire pans, garbage transport and dishwashing gray water disposal. I know this may sound simple to someone experienced, but I think the information would be helpful in cutting down on pollution by inexperienced users. These beautiful places. I, you know, I've probably done videos on this stuff before. Uh, I can't remember, but I can just go through this really quick. Um, the four rivers, rivers lottery, for those if you, if you don't know, is a lottery for the middle fork, main salmon, so house Canyon, which are pretty prime permits. And let's see, let's see if I can make this. There we go. So for Groovers, I mean, use a Groover. Um, I'm not sure what else to say. Other than use, And use a good Groover. You know, if it's just like a, you know, if you're using like an ammo can with a plastic bag in it and you're planning to throw the plastic bag away, that's pretty sketchy. Like, don't do that. If you're using an ammo can, it's still not that great. Like, I would go ahead and let's go here. You know, I would highly suggest the Seway Groovers. And I know they're expensive and not everybody, if you boat once a year, it's a lot of money. These things are awesome. It's four, it's 500 bucks, 485 bucks. It's an expensive Groover, but they're just simple. Uh, they're not, you know, we had the metal with Johnny partners for a long time. The lids change sizes. So they would like, they lock on, you couldn't get the lids off. And if you're there in your raft, falling on a metal thing is worse than falling on a plastic thing. And it's just, it's just simple. There's way easier. So get a Groover. And if you can't afford this one, get, get something. Don't, don't just use a bazillion wag bags, please. Um, so, yeah, I mean, step one is just, like, add a, get a Groover. Uh, fire pans. If you want an elevated fire pan, ideally, it depends. If you're kayaking, you're not going to bring an elevated fire pan. Fire pans are also really expensive. Let's go back to here. Uh, let me make it big again. Uh, if you go to Johnny I think, I mean, the cost of everything is expensive. So... I think Johnny partner makes a fire pan and I heard it's just crazy expensive now. Let's see if it's here, which ovens, maybe I don't make a fire pan cooking accessories. Hmm. Oh, there we go. Fire pans. It's at the top. Yeah. I mean $700 for a large fire pan. I get it. That's expensive and not everybody's going to do it, but there's a little mini pan. And so um using a fire pans big, but I think even more important, is getting a fire blanket. And I think NRS is the only place that sells. I don't even know if they do. They used to sell fire blankets. Oh, get, yeah, this one right here, the fireside, you know, Amazon for less. We'll look at it. Actually, hold on. Let's go to NRS fire blanket. Here we go. Get a fire blanket. Oh, here's, oh, this one's, we have this one, the FSP one. Oh, that's no longer available. So that's too bad. But this one right here. Fire. This is the one we use now that they replaced that one. That way when stuff inevitably falls out of your fire pan, you can just kind of get them in the morning, get it all up and dump it somewhere. And you have a responsibility to carry your ashes out. So you, know, you need some sort of, we use a 20 mil ammo can for ash and we carry it all. We re, what, the smart thing to do is have, an, have a big can for ash and then re-burn it every night in camp. So if you have like a 20 mil can, I think it's 20 mil, it's like they're this tall, but they're this full of ash. Dump the ash on, sort of fire on, burn the ash down. Put it back in there. If you keep putting the ash from a six-day trip, it's going to fill up really fast, and and people, you know, then might start putting ash in the river, which I'm going to say is not best practice. This, it's, you definitely should be doing the middle fork because of the clear water being one of the outstandingly remarkable values based on the wild and scenic river designation. So, um, get fire fire mats are huge. So. Uh, that's for, for, um, fires, garbage transport. I mean, put it in a, I don't know what else to say other than like transport your garbage out. Like you, you have dry boxes, the food we're in, those become trash boxes, but and pick up trash in camp. I, I set up camps in the middle fork all the time. If I'm driving a sweet boat, the first one to camp, setting it up, I find trash more than I should band-aids stuff. And so it's, it's just being a good steward of the area. I don't know if a video is going to make anybody do better Uh, and dishwashing gray water disposal. So gray water, it depends on the river. If it's the, if it's a river where water quality is protected, like the middle fork gray water goes above the high water line so that that way, like it doesn't, even though high water comes, doesn't wash it into the main river if it's a river like the rogue gray water goes into the river and so where water quality is not that great you're not making it worse by throwing gray water in there so um and then <clears throat> excuse me when you have your like dishwater with like pieces of food in there you you pour it through a strainer to like collect it and then throw that stuff away so i hopefully i don't know if this person's asking me for videos because they want the answers to this stuff or they want me to tell others what to do um like hey stop being dummies the dummies aren't listening to me so me making the videos i could make these videos maybe i will someday i thought it could be a great it's a great idea but um unfortunately i don't have like all the things here where I'm at now I have to go to Southern Oregon or Idaho to get like all these things you are talking about but um good suggestion thanks for the suggestions hopefully that helps a little bit. Matt's saying rest stop is dope Bags are heavy duty and come with enzymes. Rest stop let's look at let's look at this Matt how you doing Matt? Rest stop is I think rest stop are just bags right toilet, or there's a whole toilet Oh these things man seventy one dollars so this is certainly an option um is it really dope is it more man it can't be more dope than the subway right um it's just a bucket with a lid i mean if you're over 230 pounds this is going to be challenging sitting on this thing having not tip over then this is like if it tips over poops on the ground Uh, It says it's a sturdy top locking base. And this is just like a gamma seal lid. This is just a bucket with a gamma seal lid and like a plastic toilet. And then, but does it go into a bag? The Komodo has been tested to withstand 300 pounds of pressure. Over, yeah, it can stay withstand 300 pounds. But if a 300 pound person sits on this, I don't know. Um, Is it just this bucket or other? looks like, oh, this is what you want. The bag. So it looks like, You put these bags in here. Yeah. Or heavy-duty enzymes. Yeah. And then you, what do you do with the bags, man? You put them in a trash can somewhere? I don't know. I'm not a fan. I'd rather have people have good... This is the problem. And if you have this kind of Groover, if it falls over, you're not going to... I mean, hopefully you clean it up. But, like, I think people might leave that. That's problematic. And people might be hesitant to use it and then do something that isn't as responsible. But for, you know, 100... This one's 112... For the price, I guess you can't beat it, but it's pretty gross. I'm gonna, I'm just going to say this is gross. I'm going to just, Matt, this is gross, um, but better than nothing. Um, on, 100%, 100% better. 100% better. This is not 100% better. Are you saying this is 100% better than a Subway toilet? That is insane. That is wrong. This is 90% worse. There's no way this is better than a Subway toilet a ducky we should do a ducky multi-day show okay so if you're doing ducky multi-day show a ducky multi-day i'm gonna show you you have two options you have let's go back to Sellway. This this is this first one is the the bomb option matt i'm 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 sorry to to be educating you on ducky stuff but i'm about to educate you the mini bank this thing was designed for duckies it has like it's like tapers down to be sitting in the front of a ducky. I've used this on ducky overnights. this is the bomb. it's sturdy it's the poop goes in there and clean it really easily it's not gross like these rest stops. this thing is sweet it's it, it won't fit in like an air links where it's all pointy at the end or like a sotar pointy ducky. you need like a real overnight ducky but this mini bank I have one I love it. I absolutely love it for ducky trips. but if it, I don't carry this into the Chetco if I'm going Chetco. Oh, sorry, sorry, everyone. This is not up. Let me. I'm still on the old one. This is the mini bank. Selway. So Selway makes the one I talked about earlier. They make the uh, the river bank, which is it's 500 bucks worth it. It's a lifetime investment. But then the mini bank is where it's at. This thing is really cool, and so you can see kind of see from the photo that it's like straight on the sides, but then tapers down to sit in the front of a ducky. But if I'm going to go lightweight, lean, and mean, I'm going to go. Uh, what's that one? Uh, let's, let's see if interest sells it. I think NRS, this one. Really, if I'm going to go bags, I'm going to go. This one's uh, probably the same weight as a bucket but it's not a bucket you're sitting on a bucket it's a bucket it can tip this thing has like legs it folds up really small about the same size as a bucket maybe smaller has like the seat built into it and you hang the bags below here right so it's like you hang the bags people poop in the bags and you get four poops in a bag and then i bring one of the there it is that oh sorry everyone i'm i am i can it again i opened up i'm still on this one but i want to show you all this right here the clean waste um and so this this one has to use bags you use wag bags and wag bags hang perfectly from it it's a nice system the legs fold up and you have this nice little carrying case you just rig this thing in a ducky this thing is way easier rigging a ducky than like that random bucket so let's go back to what's that thing called again matt um Oh man, rest stop. Let's go back to rest stop. It's just a bucket. Um, it also like, there's nothing to rig this into a boat. It's, it's, that's a metal handle. Like this is a bucket. This is a $5 bucket. They're selling for, you know, with a gamma lid, which costs 10 bucks. So it's like a $15 bucket with this thing. They're selling for 71. This, honestly, the people that get upset about how expensive Yeti buckets are should get really pissed off about this. But um, how do you rig this into anything? This is ridiculous. So what I do, though, going back to my little seat thing is with the wag bags, I then bring a bucket with the gamma lid, and I throw the wag bags in this thing, and then I put that inside of a dry bag that gets rigged in. I have a, I have a dry bag that fits buckets. And then because it's not like – if that's just if, – if you use bags – you got to put the bag somewhere. So my complete system is, is the, um, God, did I just do this again? I keep opening up these things and not showing them. So, right. This thing is the thing like, this is a, just a bucket with a metal, metal handle, like a cheap metal handle. It's just a bucket. With And this thing is, I'll call it Gamma seal lid. You can buy these for 10 bucks or maybe less on Amazon. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll bring a bucket with a Gamma seal lid to put the wag bags in, so they're just away stored. It's just they're not mixed with the trash, because you don't want to get to camp and open up a trash and have a wag bag from last night in there. It is disgusting. You want a bucket of just wag bags, and so we bring a bucket with a gamma seal lid that that we put all of the wag bags in. And the whole at the end of the trip, the whole bucket gets thrown away. It is it will never smell proper again. But I do it with this toilet seat, and I'm Matt. I'm convinced. This toilet seat is the way to go. Okay. Let's, I, I probably have a bunch of comments from Matt and then we will get to everything else. Okay. Everything goes into the bag on the rest stop. You seal every camp and put waste, put into a waste five. Yeah. That's the problem is you put in a waste five. You take, you take the poop out of the, out of the bag and you put it in another five gallon. That five gallon is pretty gross. And that five gallon bucket will never smell the same again. Like I, I, you put one poop thing there for three or four days and you throw it out that you'll never get that thing smell the same again. They're treated and they are, they are appropriate for trash. Same thing with the wag bags. The wag bags are the same thing. They're appropriate for trash. You just don't want to go crazy. Like if everybody did that, like the rogue, for example, people are wag throwing tons of wag bags in the toilets and the, um, and sorry, tons of wag bags in the, when people. So on the road, people were doing wag bags like crazy a few years ago, and because they stopped, ha- they took down a lot of the the, the tents and or a lot of the the long drops. They took them out. People started. They didn't want to buy full groovers, so they're buying wag bags. And then the trash receptacle, the big trash dumpsters to take out, were just full of wag bags. And the it's okay if you throw one or two wag bags or one or two rest stops in the trash. But when there's like a dumpster full of wag bags the sanitation company was like no 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 we can't have a bazillion wag bag so if you're doing the Chetfield, for example and you throw a couple of wag bags in the trash cool but if it's like the rogue please don't be using wag bags and rest stops it, it that adds up big time it tying them down that's tricky man i actually have some perfectly shaped dry bags for buckets that have d-rings on the outside so i i put my deep my my buckets inside those bags. Okay, let's go back. There's a lot of stuff to catch up with. Uh, let's get to Matt mentioned this too. The Fireside Outdoor Pop-Up Pit. This thing is also highly recommended. Like, it's. I don't think it's good enough. So, so let's go to Fireside Pop. We tried it for commercial trips, and. I don't think it's durable enough for day in day out use. We we broke it pretty fast. But uh this thing so why is it so it's this thing right here. It's really nice. Um it's pretty big. Uh it has mesh at the bottom so air comes through the bottom and like there's more oxygen. It does a really good job of of, of being an elevated fire pit. Um highly highly recommend it pretty affordable it's like 60 bucks or something yeah this is definitely the way to go i just we tried using it on our commercial trips because in a way is nothing it, like if i those seven dollar fire pans are 50 60 70 pounds this thing's like 10 or four i don't know it's not much so yeah thanks for that suggestion that that the pop-up pit is sweet bucket works fine there's a bit about ba- yeah there's a bit of balancing so you're probably like super fit and young. imagine me. I'm you know, like a big a big person sitting in a bucket and if it's perfectly in the sand in level, well eh, probably. but if there's rocks under it, it's a little bit of angle. I could be falling off at poop all over me. uh Sean, restore works great. Re- I think it's rest stop works great for longer road trips. yeah, three day Tuolami. I could see, I could see like a two, one or two day trip. I could see it. Yep. So I used Johnny partners for a long time and I was absolutely sold on Johnny partner toilets. And I think they changed from steel to aluminum or vice versa. the ones we had, I had like in the late nineties, early two thousands, no problem. They were great. Big handles to grab onto. Let me see if I can pull one up here. Uh, uh, and then we bought some more and it worked great. Wow. $945. Steel's getting expensive. $1,000 for the complete set- setup. So uh, yeah, there's like a separate, you know, you take, you take this lid off. You can't see the whole thing. You take, oh, that includes the the cone of shame, which you need to clean it as well. Unless you have a, if this is for RV dump cleaning. So you basically, there's a lid that goes on top of here that gets clamped down. And the newer ones, the lid was expanding a little bit and it would take like three or four five, ten five, 10 minutes with like screwdrivers and tools to pop the lid off. And do you do that once or twice a day for a summer and you'll hate these things. So I think historically they were really good. They changed something with them. And then we also had a problem with them leaking. They started leaking after a while. They, they changed how they were made. So I'm not going back. And even if they're perfect, and then now that I use the cellway, the cellway is better than this. It's just better. Um, there's not like a separate, this thing, you have a whole separate, you have the tank and you have the whole separate toilet thing that is like metal and I can get poop on it. The, the cellway is just one box and the toilet's part of it. So I am just super sold on the subway. I think this is all technology. Rest up. Yep. Okay, here we go. Treated. Okay, got it. I'm catching up with things here. Will the Rangers on the Rogue approve of the 103 legs and wag bags? I hope not. I don't think they will, and I hope not. I don't think you should be using wag bags on the Rogue. We just, you, we, we can't throw thousands of wag bags into one. Um, I keep forgetting the word for it. What's it called? The big the dumpster. You, you just can't. Like, br- if you're going to do the Rogue, bring a real toilet. Like, the wag bags are for like 12, like 12, short trip, you know, not. A zillion people using the same dumpster there's no dumpster takeout so not all the wag bags are going to the same dumpster uh but if you're doing the road you need a toilet and hopefully it's not one of those buckets as long as you have seal yeah you need seals that's where the bucket with the gamma seal lid so again the bucket is like a you buy a bucket just a good bucket and there's this thing called a gamma seal seal lid where you just like pound it down on the bucket and it's this ring around it and you can screw this thing into it and it's it's pretty waterproof it's not a hundred percent waterproof but it's pretty waterproof okay we went down a rabbit hole there thank you everybody for your thoughts and comments that's that was nice okay let's move on from this one giving tuesday as it is giving to as today is giving tuesday it is and many charities match or even triple contributions which charities do you think people should consider i'm asking about riverland conservation of course So I've worked with a lot of river conservation organizations over the past and some of them are really well run and the money goes to to, to use to good use. Some of them, I see their employees spending way too much time at conferences and meetings and traveling and going to film festivals. And um, so I judge the ones based on what they get done but also like is the money being used for like actual on the ground river protection going to dc going to places are they are they making good use of the money or is it kind of a fancy organization throwing parties and film festivals all the time and making making and and making films like i don't think that river conservation groups should be making films i just don't think it's a good use of their money maybe it's good for education but there's probably better ways to educate right so I, I have, I think some some organizations are really well run, great, and some I would be hesitant to. I just want to say that. And Matt's saying friends of the Eel. I have no idea anything about them, but I bet they're lean and mean. Let me share with you a few that I really like. The first one, the go-to one, is American American Whitewater. They're so solid. Did I type them in right? And you can super easy to donate right there. Boom. Donate. You can join, be a member. Uh, and I, I'm, I mean, you can, I think it's, I'm a lifetime member. I think it's a thousand dollars in your lifetime member. Yeah. A thousand dollars do that. That's a great thing to do. And these organizations need members because when they go to DC, they're like, Hey, we represent 8,000 people. If you say, if you're in DC, I represent eight people. That's meaningless. So the bigger the membership is, the more effective they can be when they're going to advocate. So if you're a lifetime member, they have you forever. They're like, what you count? It's thousand bucks, and you probably get a cool gift. If you do, let's see, join lifetime, you get a clean, a lifetime clean canteen travel mug, pretty cool. How do you get the watershed bag? Hold on, five hundred. Oh, five hundred a year. That's a lot. Forty dollars a month. That's a lot. I can. Yep. So, um, wow. And if you join at different levels, you get cool. Incentives. that's pretty cool um yeah so I'd highly recommend breaking white water be a member and give them some cash like just give them a donation just really effective with their money I don't think anybody's actually better than they are not only are they doing land conservation stuff they're doing they're opening up rivers through of dam relicensing they're they're working on uh, new put-ins new takeouts so they're not they're giving us access to rivers and they're representing us representing us well. On conservation work. I would that would be my number one. Uh number two would probably be man, what would it be? A really small one. Uh if you like the cameopsis, let's see if this if you can pay if you can donate money. If you like the like so like the rogue, I don't like the rogue, but like well, the rogue too uh my friend and this is like a one person nonprofit that is super effective. And she does a lot of work on the Rogue, Illinois, Chetco, Southern Oregon. I mean, super effective. And uh, giving them her money will be very, very well used. It's just, again, it's just, you know, it's it's an organization, but it's really Anne who's out there just doing great work. And you could say like, hey, I really want to like donate some money and um, specifically to work on this. Oh, here our programs. No, it doesn't say they've they. I really, she's super effective. Um, I've created a non profit if you want to donate to that, CamiopsisGuides.org, the Camiopsis Guides Association. See if it works. And uh, this is an as- association that represents river guides and people that work in and around the Camiopsis. And we use the memberships and the money to you know do small projects around the Illinois River mainly uh but also uh we try to send a few guides a year to dc which we haven't for a while because covid made it tough and the timing last year was tough but we hopefully will this year send a couple river guides to dc to advocate for the rivers and that's what you really want you want people associated with business to go advocate you know if you're just like hey i love this place protect it you're gonna get democrats on board but not republicans but if you're like hey i work in this place this is where i make a living and this place supports hotels restaurants supports me please protect it that's how you get you get democrats on board so um the organization i started and i run is the cameopsis guides association so you make a small membership donation there being a member is even better um because again you know i think we have like 30 members but being able to say we have 50 makes more of a difference uh who else i really like ks wild because I, i'm a a big fan of conservation in southern oregon and they also work in southern oregon and so i mean oh it's some giving tuesday thing just came up ks wild's a great organization um, and they're working on like the places i care about a lot so those are the ones that come to mind there's more but those are the ones that just come to mind quickly okay whoa here's some more comments oh yeah connor thanks thanks for speaking up we got to get you to DC Connor, actually. we just got to talk about that if you're around then. The AWA, yeah, I mean, American Whitewater has done so much for opening up Whitewater. It's unreal. If they didn't exist, it would be a different sport. It would just straight up be a different sport. It wouldn't be as great. And they're trying to get the T back. Yeah, I mean, it's you can do private trips on the T, by the way. You just have to pay an outfitter who has access to the road to drive your equipment in the, the the it's a tricky one getting access to the tea is a tricky one because there's the main road is pretty toast both the, the put in and take out road are pretty toast i'm not sure how fixable they are and the south fork road they've opened up access for outfitters but it's a it's a steep road you don't not want your average person driving that road they'll so people start bringing subarus down you want a minimal number of cars who know that road going down there. So it is accessible for private trips. You just have to pay. It's basically Cedar Mac, is the one doing the drive your stuff in. Okay. Good question. That's a good question. Here's another question What do you find the best ways to stay in shape in the off season? How helpful is flat water rowing? I, I boat year round. So I'll just row. Um, but I'm going to say, like, I did a video there's a Gear Garage episode about staying in shape. If you google like Gear Garage physical fitness for boating, you'll find the whole episode. I think yoga is really important. Being flexible is just especially you know, as I'm getting older, I'm less flexible, so I think yoga is really important. Uh lifting weights is certainly helpful, even if you're just doing push-ups and sit-ups. Uh, that's helpful. Um and then some cardio, you know, go running or biking or stuff. I think I think those are the ways I get a rowing machine or use a rowing i think a row, i'd rather do a rowing machine than flat water rowing in the winter but a rowing machine would be great if rowing's a thing but like if you just did like push-ups pull-ups sit-ups some squats some yoga hiked walked here and there i would probably be in good shape okay all right here we go yeah boom yoga i mean yoga push-ups and pull-ups are amazing if you're doing push-ups and pull-ups I mean, that's your, that's your lats for pulling and your pecs for pushing. I mean, pushing is just pushups and then rowing is like almost like pull-ups and flexibility is huge. Okay. Let's go to the next question. That's a good question. I think we just have one more. Okay. With in-season permits being harder and harder to get and climate change also affecting river flows, what type and size of watercraft would you recommend for solo low water multi-day trips? I don't carry a cooler and I use mostly ultralight backpacking gear. So uh, first of all, I think permits are going to get easier to get because I think that we're dealing with a COVID backlog. Like what happened during COVID was, and even in fires too, in the forest service said, okay, we're not issuing permits, but if you have a permit, we'll give it to you next year. And they did that again. And they did that again. So there's all these permits backlogs from like 2000, 2001, even 2002 that we're still catching up with. So there just aren't as many permits available. And I think that um, there was a big boom in outdoorsy stuff, which I think is dying off a little bit. That's just my guess. So I think the permits will actually get easier to get um, over the next five years. Um, Climate change affecting flows. Yeah. I mean, we've had good flows the past few years. I'm not going to recommend solo low water multi-day trips. I'm I'm just not going to recommend solo trips. So I just want to make I want to I had I can't let that go. And every time solo trips comes up, I want to look at the AW accident database because I think we're normalizing solo trips too much as as a sport. I feel like if you do a solo trip please know you're taking additional risk and you should do it below your level. But if you also, if you do a solo trip, please don't go to Instagram and say, did a solo lap, did one solo, like do a solo, do it by yourself. Go, if you boat by yourself, do it by yourself, do it for you. Do, please do not come back and brag to everybody about how you boated by yourself. Just do that. So I, sh- I always want to look at the database and see how people are dying on their, Oh, look, here's the first one um darkness we were just talking about that like having a headlamp with you um kayak pinned in a rock pfd not worn pinned in, against a strainer pfd not worn strainer foot entrapment And pinned against a lot of pinned against rocks or sieves wow more than normal um i don't see any solo oh here we go one boat trip upper titan Caught in a low head dam. I mean, if you get caught in a low head dam by yourself, who's going to save you? A one boat trip. Oh, another darkness. Wow, that's crazy. I've never seen darkness until today. I've seen it twice. PFT not warm, PFT not warm, PFT not warm. You know, but if if we're looking at this in the spring, we're going to see a lot more one boat trips. And so one boat trips are, they don't cause the fatality, but they're, they're, they're they're a factor in a lot of fatality So I just wanted every time this comes up, I I want to make sure to make it clear it's just not good form to sell a boat. But if you do, I'm gonna answer your question. What boat do I recommend for solo low water multi day trips? It depends how light you're going. I mean, duckies are sweet. Um yeah, duckies. God, it just depends on you, really. Um, oh, man. Low water, multi-day trips. I'd probably, I'd probably go with the raft because if your ducky is loaded down, it's going to just be lower in the water. And so if you carry the same amount of stuff in a ducky that you're bringing a raft, that raft is going to be super light and nimble and will just glide over rocks way easier. So if I'm thinking about like, the Sellway in August or low water middle fork. I'm thinking I want the biggest boat I can take with the least amount of stuff in it so that it sits higher and I go over rocks. So I'm a massive fan. There's a there's a wing 13-foot boat. That, this is what's coming to my brain right now. That Tony Stark boat. That if you call they don't, they don't the wing 13-foot boat I like isn't on their website. But if you call them and say I want the Tony Stark boat, they know what it is it would be a sweet low water boat if you're going ultralight um and also a ducky like things like it, there's so many runs out there that people don't do like big creek into the middle fork it's like three plus easy four you don't need a permit a great ducky run um yeah there's a lot of great ducky runs out there and i think that we get so stuck on like the permitted rivers because the permitted rivers have reliable flows in the summer and they're beautiful so if you if you think about spring runs fall runs maybe not more spring stuff that opens up a whole bunch of possibilities and or you're like hey i'll go when it's low that opens up more possibilities okay solo as one per oh so with other boats got it, got it got it got it got it yeah so you're in a boat by yourself but you're not on a solo trip so you sent me in a whole a whole like tangent um yeah Blair I'd go ducky I know you have that that uh that wing Jimbo that that's a sweet boat or like a 12 to 13 foot raft Uh, but honestly like you can get down a lot of stuff an 18 foot boat so if it was me and I want to go light and simple I'd probably go like a big tube 13 yeah, maybe a 14. Big tube 13, maybe a 14. All right. That is the end of the questions. Man, great discussion. Okay, so uh, before we finish up, I want to share just something cool I found uh, the other day. Actually, a friend of mine showed, showed this to me. They're reos sunglasses. And they're floating sunglasses. And... I got some right here. I just ordered some. Let me put them on. Get back to this. Check them out. They look cool. They're polarized, right? They, I think they look cool. I don't know. They're kind of a little bit retro, but I think they have different designs. But they float. Floating sunglasses. How awesome is that? And so, all floating sunglasses. They have a bunch of different kinds. For like, well, right now they're on sale. Oh man, what a deal! Maybe I'll get some more. Sixty-five bucks normally. Right now they're forty bucks. And so I don't, I'm not, there's no commission thing here. This isn't me trying to like, I, I just got some, I think they look cool. I think it's a great price and they float. Uh, I decided to share that with everybody. So it's just riosgear.com, rheosg rcom In case you all want some sunglasses. I mean, you can buy two or three pair of these for the price of some Smiths. So uh, that's pretty cool. And yeah, that's it for the show. If you all have questions for future episodes, uh submit them through Whitewater Guidebook. I think I'm gonna try to do a show next week. Uh, it might be a Monday instead of Tuesday, but we'll do something soon. And I really appreciate all of you that are members who like and subscribe. Uh, you know, I'm man, I'm I'm catching up with NRS in terms of the subscribers. That's my new goal. Have more subscribers than NRS. So If you haven't subscribed and you want to help me out, hit that subscribe button to meet my goal and hit the like button. And uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see you all next week. Where's my outro? Outro there. (laughs)